Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Fest this beautiful morning. Lord, my soul fest to be here again in your presence. I'm excited like David to come into the presence of my maker, to the God of the entire universe, the maker of the heavens and the earth. My soul magnifies your name and gives you glory as the Alpha and the Omega, as the beginning and the end. Yahweh, receive all my praises this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. You are God from the beginning to the end. There is no place for argument, O God, that you are God all by yourself. Scripture says that you are from everlasting to everlasting. You are the rock of ages. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you for blessing us with another marvelous day. Thank you for the breath in our nostrils. Thank you for the life that flows in our bodies. Thank you for the soundness of our minds. Thank you that we are able to come into your presence by the blood of the Lamb of God. Thank you for the precious Holy Spirit this morning. We give you all the praise and glory. Lord, we ask this morning that as we read your word again, Lord, grant us wisdom and understanding. Let your name once again be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy. We continue our reading of the New Testament. We are in the book of John, John chapter 14 to be precise. We finished John chapter 13 yesterday. Thank you to everyone joining in this morning. I pray for you that God will open your eyes of understanding that as we read the Bible, you will understand the word of God in Jesus' name. A big thank you to everyone joining us for the first time. My prayer for you is that God will give you a thirst, a thirst for his word. David said that as the deer longs for the water, so my soul longs for you. I pray that your heart will thirst for God, will thirst for his word in the mighty name of Jesus. Alright, so let's continue this morning. We'll be reading John chapter 14 and 15. Remember I said that John's entire purpose for writing the book of John was to give us a revelation of Jesus. Unlike unlike the other gospel writers, okay, uh, who intended to give us an account. Luke tried to give us an account of how much he was able to, to investigate and find. Mark, yes, most of the time was there to witness majority of the events okay, that he saw. John's purpose was not to do that. 
he was intended to give us a revelation about Jesus. And you will catch this uh, more profoundly in the next few chapters that we'll read. Chapter 14, Jesus is the way to the Father. Chapter 15, Jesus is the true vine. You understand this true revelation. I'm telling you, your Christian faith will be sure-footed. Hallelujah. All right, let's read this morning. Verse 1 says, don't let your hearts, don't let your hearts be troubled. Remember, he already told them um, Judas was going to betray him. Peter was going to deny him. He told them, as we read from Luke, he had told them severally before they arrived in Jerusalem that he was going to die. He was going to be betrayed. They were going to kill him on the cross, the Romans, hand him over to the Romans. So he told them, let your heart, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? Okay, so this is not understand what Jesus just said. He is not intending to say that we are all going to be living in you know uh, we'll have separate rooms. You know um, the way some people interpret this verse, but in some sense, some are correct, but not not getting the full picture. Jesus is talking more about that there is space, there is um, there is um, enough to contain to take all of us in His Father's house. Okay, not just that we will be living in under one roof. Okay, if you want to see it. Or interpret it like that. So it says, I am going to prepare a place for you. There is a place where Jesus currently is. And when we pass on from this, when we finish our work on this earthly plane, we will join him there. He says, I am going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you. So that you will always be with me where I am. You will always be with me where I am. Our place is not in the grave. Our destination is not the grave. When the child of God dies, you will go to be with Jesus where he is. And when he returns, you will return with him. Okay? But for everyone who does not know Jesus, your destination is in the is the grave. Hades. You will stay in the grave until when you will hear the voice of the Son of God, the trumpet will blow and you will rise up to eternal judgment, to stand before the white throne judgment. I pray that everyone listening in this morning, you have a relationship with Jesus. Verse 4 says, And you know the way to where I am going. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord. Thomas said, we have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? He already, they know that what he's telling them, he was about to die and he was returning back to his father. Okay. So Thomas said, we don't know. We don't know where. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know? How can we know the way to where you are going? 
Jesus told him, I am the way. Remember, I, I mentioned this I am that Jesus like is using. I am the way. I am the truth. I'm the one adding the I am. But that's how I love reading this verse. John chapter 14 verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Listen this morning. No one can approach the Father. No one can see the Father unless they get on the way that is Christ. The one that can take you to the Father is Jesus. The one who asks the truth, the truth that gives you access to the Father is Jesus. The one who has eternal life itself is Jesus. So you can't reject Jesus eh, and claim that you will know the Father. Not possible. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, if you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. If you want to know my father, you will know me. Okay? You can't claim you know my father. Eh? You can't claim you know my father and then you don't know me. Because I will be the one to have revealed my father to you. That, that's essentially what Jesus is saying. If you had really known me, you would know, you would know my father, who my father is. From now on, you do know him. You do know him and I've seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Thomas just said, we don't know the way. <laughs> how can we, we don't know where you are going, so how can, we, how can we know the way? Now, Philip is saying, remember this way, literally, is final words. This is the last supper. Okay, this is his last supper with them. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied sincerely things became clearer to the disciples after Jesus passed on. Okay? Aha. It became more profound and evident after, only after Jesus passed on. Show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, <laughs> Have I been with you all this time? He just said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, nine, verse 9, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? You don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Remember what I said when we get to heaven. I am not sure whether we will see the Father. I don't expect that we will ever be able to see Almighty God. The one who we will see sitting on the throne will be Christ. Okay? The one who we will see sitting on the, on the throne is Christ. Yes, there will be a light, an immeasurable light, a light that no one can, can approach. But the one that we can see will be the Son. Okay? So Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen my Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am, I am in the Father and the Father is in me? 
the words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does this, does his work through me. My Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe, just believe that I am in the Father. And the Father is in me. We are into each other. We are essentially, we are one. I am, so, one of the things you would have noticed is that Jesus, eh, the Christ, distinctly separates himself from the Father. I know, so, in trying to understand the concept and explain the concept of the Trinity, you know, we tend to model this up, okay, in terms of, because in trying to understand the Trinity, we say God is one, God the Father, God the Son, and God, yeah, I'm not saying Jesus is God Almighty, but we need to understand them separately, because that is how God has chosen to reveal himself to us. Jesus separates himself from his Father, okay? In his glory, they are one, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. But for those of us just trying to understand this, I want you to see Jesus. Just see Jesus. If you see Jesus, ultimately you have seen the Father. It's not difficult, okay? He said, just believe that I am, verse 11, in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, 12, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So that the the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. The request will be made in the name of Jesus. The way we catch the check is to make the requests in the name, signed in the name of Jesus. Jesus says, when you do this, I, now I'm sure he's referencing him and his father. Okay, together he says, I will do it. I will do it. Let's move on, verse 15. He said, if you love me, obey my commandments. For me, this is the most important word. If you love me, if you love the Father, obey my commandments. Remember, we said, he said, a new commandment I have given to you, that you love one another. He says, if you love me, Obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Another advocate who will, of course, there are versions who will say, or comforter, encourager, or counselor, depending on the manuscripts, but another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truths. Jesus says, when I go, the Father will send another advocate, another comforter, just like me, and he will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The Holy Spirit leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now, and later will be in you. So at this point, the Holy Spirit 
they have tasted of the Holy Spirit. Remember when Jesus breathed on them, right? <laughs> when they went out to do miracles, the Holy Spirit was with them. But Jesus is telling us that there is a new dimension that the Holy Spirit will be doing among you. The Holy Spirit is going to be in you later, will be in you. Okay? Of course, he was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It says, no, I will not, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. How will he come? He will come through the Holy Spirit. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me. But you will see me since I live. You will also live. Since I live, you will also live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. When I am raised to life again, you will know, you will understand that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Okay? So automatically the Father is in us. Those who accept my commandment and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Hallelujah. Judas now, verse 22, not Iscariot, Judas not Iscariot, but the other disciples with that name said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not not to the world at large. Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. That is the reason why I will reveal myself or Jesus reveals himself. Your understanding of him, your relationship of him improves, gets better. You know him better and better. Jesus reveals himself to those who love him. Okay? You need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them. And we will come and make our home with each each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. Okay? Jesus is telling us that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit essentially will come and make their home inside the believer is telling us that we will literally become the temples of the holy spirit he said we will come and make he said and we will come and make our home with each of them okay so the father is in you you carry literally carry god the father you carry the son jesus is in you you carry the holy spirit is in you remember jesus said he will be in you he is in you so how can you be afraid of witches how can you be afraid that someone can take your destiny? That someone can take God? <laughs> hey, I'm laughing this one. That God, someone can literally take God and steal God from your life. Not possible. Not possible. So leave all of those fake theology. They don't understand what they're saying. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my home. What I am telling you. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. 25. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything. Everything I have told you. The Holy Spirit reminds us, teaches us everything. Everything in the word of God. 
to the disciples what he had taught them for us as we read our Bible. The one who reminds us, the one who teaches us the word of God is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is literally a type of Christ. What Jesus was to the disciples, when he says another advocate, another representative, okay? What Jesus was to the disciples is who the Holy Spirit is to us today. He says, I am leaving you with a gift. I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. That's the gift Jesus gives us. I'm sure there are many people who will not be able to explain Christians and be wondering why are you guys so at peace in this world? You meet people and they will just say, I just love Jesus and all that. And people are wondering, you don't have riches, you don't have this. How can you have peace in, in, in your heart? Verse 27, Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift. The gift is this. Peace of mind and heart. It is that contentment. We know that we have God inside of us. We know that after here, we will not be in the grave. We will spend all of eternity with him. We know that we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Our lives it, are making the difference. And that gives us that peace of mind. Is, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot, cannot give you. It is a peace the word cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away. But I will come back to you. If you really love me, you will be happy that I am going to the Father who is greater than I am. Yes, there are those who say, ah, but Jesus said the Father is greater than, than himself. Why do I need to argue with that? When we get to heaven... I am, think, I am thinking and I feel the concept of the Trinity will only become much clearer to us when we close our eyes in death or when we eventually see God. But during his earthly ministry, Jesus says that my father, the father is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. The ruler of this world, obviously, is Satan. Jesus knew that he was on his way, uh, but Jesus said, look, I will do what the Father requires of me. What did the Father require of him? The father already asks, who shall, who shall we send? And who shall go for us? Who will go and save mankind? And yet Jesus was presenting his blood as sacrifice. All right, we'll stop somewhere in, in chapter 15. We can't, I'm not sure we can finish it this morning. All right, so we saw Jesus as the way to the father. Now we see Jesus as the true vine. John, 5, John chapter 15 from verse 1, I am the true grapevine. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. Listen, 
it's just imagine those who were listening to Jesus. Jesus has used several analogies now. He has used so now he's using the vine, the grapevine, and the gardener, and then the vine with his branches and everything producing fruit. Many of them were farmers, they could understand what he was explaining to them. If he is the is the grapevine and we are the branches, ah ha ha, it means that we literally draw life from the grapevine. He said and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more you have already been pruned that's the disciples now you have already been pruned and purified by the message i have given you the father prunes remember the father prunes prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more okay how does he do it Jesus says you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. The word of God is what prunes us. It's what shapes us into what God wants us to be. I have already given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruits if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. It's, as, it's that simple. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in Christ. For those who say, no, once saved, forever saved. What is Jesus talking about here? This, it means that this branch, for whatever reason, can, can, leave, the, can leave the grapevine. Jesus says, remain in me. Eh? And you cannot be free. He said, if it is severed, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed. Okay? So, who does the severing? Okay? Can be the branch itself, severing itself from the grapevine, or whatever, something else supernaturally happens that severs the vine from the grapevine. Yes, the, the, the branches can be broken off. But Jesus promises us that he is holding us in his hand. So it's not really possible for anyone to take us out of his hand. So I think here uh, he's talking about more of a personal action. You remain, remain in the vine so that you can bear much fruit. Verse 5, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me. And I in them will produce much fruit. Those who remain, to remain means to stay, stay there. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings glory to my Father. Verse 9. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandment and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with, with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. This is the commandment he has given us. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. 
There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. What is his commandment? He says, love each other in the same way I have loved you. Let's try and end of verse 17. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confine in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Hallelujah. Okay. It's perfectly clear. This is his command. The new commandment he has given us is to love each other. Remember, Jesus is the way to the father. You cannot come to the Father. You cannot see the Father unless you see Christ first. Secondly, Jesus says, I am the vine. I am the grapevine. You are the branches. Okay? Unless you remain in me, you cannot produce fruits. This morning, my charge is remain in Christ. Hallelujah. Remain in the, on the way. Don't lose sight of Jesus this morning and you will be fruitful in life in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we, rem- we remember your commandment this morning and we make our minds, we will love one another. We give you all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.